When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, Radio. 6.30 chair. The Devils were dancing and the Oilers couldn't keep up. Final today from Sweden. Season opener for the Oilers. New Jersey 5, Edmonton 2, and they controlled the large majority of the game. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us. Overtime Open Line. Courtesy Canadian Brewhouse from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre, along with former NHLer Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Great to have you along for the ride. Happy Thanksgiving. It's six minutes after two. Well, Rob, we'll dive into this one. The Oilers were stressing the pace of their game, stressing playing faster all off-season long, and not evident today because the New Jersey Devils were much, much quicker and the Oilers couldn't handle it. No, they couldn't. And if you are an Edmonton Oilers coach, you want to take this video and show the players the New Jersey Devils forecheck, the New New Jersey Devils in the neutral zone, the Devils in their own zone, because they were quick. They supported each other well. They didn't give any time and space. Every time the Oilers looked up, they had a Devil coming at them with speed. That's the way that the Oilers wanted to play. And, the, and when the Devils did have the puck on their stick, it was quickly off. They moved the puck very well, put it into quiet areas on the ice that they knew that their player was going to win the race to get to. So uh, this was exactly how the Edmonton Oilers wanted to play. Unfortunately, it was the New Jersey Devils that were playing that style. The second period especially was dominated by the Devils. They outshot the Oilers 10-4, got two goals to turn a 1-1 tie into a 3-1 lead, and and the Oilers' shots uh, didn't come until late in the period. And, and, you know, you talk a lot about details and and self-inflicted wounds, and yes, the Devils played better. But I also look at, okay, their first goal of the game. Dreisaitl, instead of getting down low on the guy he's checking, tries to cheat and stick-check Palmieri. Instead, he spins off to the net and scores. Kind of almost a breakaway from the dot down. Talbot misreads a long dump in. The icing was long waved off. There mm-hmm. was no confusion there. And he stopped the puck, and Miles Wood is standing right there. And it's centered to Zajac for the goal. And then even in the third period, you know, the Oilers fail to clear it. And there's nobody waiting back in front of their own head. Zajac's all alone in front. So, you know, three goals where you lose by three. And and you have three goals where you're thinking a little more details, a little more thorough, a little more concentration. Maybe those don't happen. Well, there's always going to be mistakes in hockey games. Both teams are going to make them throughout the the game. It's the big ones that are going to kill you. And the first goal, Leon Drysaddle, Dry, Dry he's, he's he knows where he's supposed to be defensively. I mean, you're taught from you know five six year olds always be on the defensive side in your own zone. It's simple because if the puck does bounce loose, 
the offensive player has to go through you. So you're between the player and the goaltender. And what he's doing on that one is you're cheating. You're trying to hope the puck goes over his stick and now you've got a break. But you're hoping in your defensive zone, you still have to go the length of the ice to make a play. That's not where you want to have a hope play. So if he's on the defensive side, there's nowhere for the New Jersey Devil to go and all of a sudden the play is dead. Uh, Cam Talbot, that was just a, a brain cramp where you, we, we watch him. He actually, but of the two goalies tonight, he was much better at moving the puck than Kincaid was. Kincaid, it was a, a grenade every time he had it, but it was a huge mistake, the one that Talbot made. And then the one later in the game, Benning gives the puck away in his own zone. Nurse is stuck on the boards. As the offside winger, you've got to realize you are the safety valve. You've got to be down low between the hash marks in case something bad happens. But the left winger was cheating. He was taking off hoping that Benning was going to get the puck out and maybe spring him for a break. But you always got to think defense first when you're in your own zone. And Zajac, when the puck gets turned over, he's by himself. And Cam Talbot is left all alone, and he's facing this a very good player in Zajac by himself. So those three mistakes, lots of mistakes made in the game, but those three were huge. 5-2, the Devils take it. Palmieri scored twice. Zajac got two. Nason got an empty netter. The Oilers' goals were scored by Lucic and Dreisaitl. Both those guys get a goal and an assist, and Connor McDavid winds up with two helpers. The Oilers did score a power play goal tonight after having the worst power play in the NHL last season and of course Lucic had that dry spell at the end of the season just one goal in his last 46 games so he is able to score but Edmonton uh, not doing nearly enough overall you know one guy I'll point out as a bright spot and there, there weren't many for the Oilers today I thought I thought Ty Ratty checked very well today and and kept some plays alive yeah I, I thought he was good he, for the majority of the game when the McDavid line was on the ice, it created. When the other three lines for the Oilers were on the ice, they were defending. And Raddy was a big part of the of the, that line being successful at times on the ice. I, he created a number of chances. He set up a couple. He had a couple good scoring chances himself. Um, you want to see him creating, and you want to see him keeping pucks alive, as, as Todd McCullen talked about. He did that. So, yeah, I agree that was a bright spot. On the opposite side, uh, a spot that you got to worry about and that is not good is when your fourth line is minus two. That is something that you can't have. A fourth line's got to finish even. Uh, anything plus is a bonus, but they got to be even. But the Brodziak line was minus two in less than eight minutes of ice time. So that's something that's not going to sit well with the coaching staff. Uh, the Oilers actually wound up with an edge in face-offs in this game, uh, 51% to 49. They were behind most of the time, and th- they lost a lot of special teams face-offs too, which didn't help. And actually, the New Jersey power play goal came shortly after a face-off win. 5-2, the Devils take it. We're happy to hear from you as well, 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Hey, the Japanese Village goal light is back. Japanese Village, three locations, downtown south side and north side. Of course, not activated today, but whenever the Oilers do score five or more in a game, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Okay, John is on the open line. Go ahead, John. Sorry, John, uh, just start over, buddy. I I had a bit of a glitch there. Okay, okay. How's it going? Doing well. Oh, perfect. So I just wanted to talk about how uh, bad Matt Benning played tonight. And also, I didn't like how uh, Todd McClellan kept shuffling the lines at the beginning of the game. Like, we had, like, a set line for, like, 
you know, our top line for Raddy. John, I think I think that was a result of the power plays because the Oilers had three power plays in the first period, so sometimes different guys came out. Even after the power play was done, too, like they put on, I think. Uh, well, yes, that's my John. John, that's my point. The lines are combined for the power plays, so then the first couple right. of shifts after are are mixed up. Okay? Right. Okay, so make okay. your point about bending in the defense. Yeah. So he, it was it was a lot of miscommunication too. Like the first goal and the third goal, I think, was a lot of miscommunication, and guys just didn't get their man, and then ended up like just giving away like the puck and stuff like that, or just didn't pick up their man and then they would just score goals i think it's an easy fix but i don't think matt benning played it at all like uh great great all tonight so yeah yeah thanks john yeah no the the benning nurse uh pair was not strong enough tonight and they need to be better because the way it's set up right now with Sekra out of the lineup they were your second pairing which means they're going to play against some pretty good hockey players they tried to shelter bouchard and they did but when you try to shelter one pairing, that means another pairing is going to have to play against better players. Uh, Benning and Nurse will be the first to tell you that this was not as good as they can play. No, well, yeah, I mean the Oilers. I don't. I mean the defense didn't have a great game, and they're not. They didn't get the puck up ice quick enough. They they didn't kill cycles quick enough. I mean New Jersey had extended sessions of forechecking, and and you know the, Talbot's going to be certainly angry about the one goal, mm-hmm. and. You know, the Palmieri one clicks off his glove, so he's probably not happy about that one, too. He also made a lot of big saves. In New Jersey, I mean, that this JSD kid in the second period, Talbot had actually lost the puck for a sec because it took a funny bounce off the side of the net. He could have walked right around mm-hmm. and, and, and whapped it in before the uh, before Talbot or anybody had even seen it. So, yeah, this the second period was, you know, quite frankly, a disaster for for the Oilers. And despite that bad goal... Easily, they could have been down more than 3-1. They, they could have. Uh, I thought Taylor Hall had an exceptional game for, for the Devils, and he had about four or five golden chances that Talbot stood tall on. Uh, at one point, you and I were sitting here, and I said, I think the scoring chances are about 11-1 to 1 in, in well, favor of New Jersey. Well, the didn't have very many. No, so it, it, was, a, it was a tough game, and I, I think that maybe it's a wake-up call for the Oilers. You have a ton of success in preseason. Maybe it's bleeds into your, your your thought process is this, you know what, we're back. This is going to be easy, but you're starting to play real games now. And tonight the New Jersey Devils brought a speed against the Oilers. The Oilers haven't seen. Yeah. And, and it showed. It, it There were some glaring weaknesses on the Oilers game tonight. And you talking talk about Benning and Nurse, but a lot of the times it was the five players defensively. It wasn't just the two defenders. The forwards were not in the right spots either. Yeah, 5-2 the Devils win. And, you know, I don't want, I'm not you know, right off the season because we weren't celebrating anything after a 3 nothing win over the Flames to start last year, but certainly some areas that you were expecting to be a little better mm-hmm. d- didn't didn't show tonight, absolutely. We have our old buddy K-Jam on line, too. Hey, K-Jam. Hey, Reed. How's it going, bud? Good. Um, Rob, I, I, you know, I just wanted to call and say that overall I was I was pretty happy with a lot of the things that, that the Oilers did today. I don't think they played with enough pace. But I, when I looked for a bunch of our, our key players, and, and if they were having, you know, major problems, the only the only key players that I thought had you know really subpar games were, I mean, aside from Drysaddle scoring the goal, I didn't, I wasn't really happy with Drysaddle's game today. But uh, I, I really thought that for the most part, you know, it was it was just a hockey game, and and the others didn't come out firing. Um, the one player that I'm I'm pretty concerned about in terms of of, of developing. Is I'm starting to be concerned that the AHL doesn't seem to be an option 
that they're considering for Jesse Pugliarvi, and I'm starting to think that maybe maybe it should be more strongly considered. And, and I'm not saying that they Kyler Yamamoto might not be a guy that, that should go down there too. I think they're giving him a bit of a look. But I think Jesse looks better this year, but I still think he needs a little bit more. I think that the AHL might be good for him. Uh, well, I mean, all options are going to be in play. I, I agree. I don't think Pugliarvi was as strong tonight as he had been in the preseason. And, uh, again, this is a much better competition he played against. Um, I, I don't know if there's any better options right now that they could bring up that you would want to move uh, a Yamamoto, a Pugliarvi, or someone down to the minors. So and that's, that's fair. But, but you want your worry is, is, that, is by not employing uh, a, a worse option now going to make it to the, that team and those players are, are worse in the future? Are we, are we worried about playing a little bit more poor if we're, if we're still playing not great are we worried about playing just a little bit more poor now and sacrificing these guys development i don't know i think it's something worth worth exploring well i, I think that they're gonna give jesse a really nice long look here i think that what they saw in the preseason they felt that he was making strides going forward this is obviously a, a big season for yesterday they need him to be a productive player uh, i don't think one game i mean if you, everyone everyone about Three days ago, was thinking, all right, Pliarvi is the guy. Like he's back. This is what we wanted, and then tonight you didn't notice him. So I think they're going to wait and say 10, 15, 20 games, and then decide. All right, is Yessi a top six guy? Is he a third line guy? Where do we see him? Is he someone that needs a little more polishing elsewhere? But I don't think one game is going to make a decision on that. KJM, we're going to finish the play with you. We are hoping to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Ooh, that sounds cool. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Well, maybe KJM will take you if he wins the grand prize. What do you have for a clue, Patrick? Thundering right back at Milan Lucic, and Lucic didn't like it, was David Severson. And Lucic glaring at Severson. All right, KJM, for finish the play, Severson grew up in Melville, Saskatchewan. Did he play his junior in Kelowna or Halifax? Kelowna. Absolutely, buddy. Threw an easy one at you to start the year. Sound good? Always been a big Severson fan. Oh, yeah, awesome. All right, stay on the line so you can take down your... Patrick can take down your information. He's going he's gonna to get to find out KJM's real name. Wow. I thought that was his real name. I don't think it is, Rob. I guess it could be. I guess I'm just very but gullible and believe I, what I, anyone I, tells me. I don't me. think it is. 5-2, uh, five, five, the Devils take it to the Oilers this afternoon, uh, really from about the middle of the first period all the way through to the end of the second period. They were uh, vastly in control. You know what, Rob? I actually said this to you during the game. Uh, from when Dreisaitl scored to bring the Oilers to within 4-2 and about the next three or four minutes the Oilers had more scoring opportunities in that little chunk of the game than they did the rest of the game combined Yamamoto especially uh, made a good play to get open in the slot and get a shot away but the Oilers didn't have a lot around the net today yeah but you you talk about that all the time that's when there's a push at the end and one team just defending so you would expect that to happen you'd be disappointed if it didn't uh yeah I mean to me I thought the the Raddy Nuge McDavid line when they were out there they created uh, I, I thought, and I agree, I know that Leon and, and Milan had, you know, two points each, but I, I don't think this was a strong game for, for Leon. I think he had two really good plays. One was a goal, and well, the other assist was just a freebie. Uh, up until that, he, he was not real noticeable, and you need Leon noticeable. And then the third and fourth lines uh, contributed really nothing offensively tonight and, and were not strong defensively. So it was a, a one-line hockey team for the Oilers tonight, and, and the New Jersey Devils, 
they made they got Taylor Hall, they got the, te- the the league MVP, but after that it's just a bunch of worker bees, and they simply outworked the Edmonton Oilers second, third, and fourth lines. 5-2 is the final. It's 2-21. We'll get to our old buddy Sirius Gord after the break. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. New Jersey Devils 5, Edmonton Oilers 2, the final. Lucic and Dreisaitl scoring for the Oilers. McDavid had two assists. New Jersey in control throughout this game. Some text to 630-630. This texture says, I agree with Rob about the fourth line. Seemed useless to even play them. David says, not a great start. Positives were Lucic played better than last year, but the forwards were cheating up a lot. And Druz from Medicine Hat says, what an awful game. Everything I worried about leading into the season was on display tonight. Take me off the ledge here, guys. Is this what we are in for this year, or is there hope? Druz, as long as the next game starts 0-0, there is hope. <laughs> 7804960063. Gord. Gord, I thought you weren't going to call till like, the 10-game point. <laughs> I broke my promise. Not that I mind that you called, but... Uh, well, it's an afternoon day, beautiful sunny day. Uh, gave me an excuse to quietly enjoy a couple of bourbons. And Good. now I'm walking the dog, waiting for the real version of how the team played to materialize here in a few minutes. So um, my question to you two guys is, what were your thoughts on the power play, what we did see of it today? It seemed pretty steady. Oh, yeah, good today. question. Um, and my, nope. it's, a, it's, a, it's an attached question. My second question is, are you seeing anything different in how this team is being coached this year compared to how it's being, it was coached last year in that, in that regard? Yeah, you mean in regard of the power play? Power play and the penalty kill, for that matter. I, I, I'm not seeing much difference, but I'm not an expert like you are, Rob. I <laughs> expert, uh, yeah. yeah but, but at least you were coached. I was never coached. So, you know, are you, are you seeing noticeable differences in style or technique or, or patterns compared to what they have with the coaching staff they had last year? Well, obviously on the power play, going with five lefties is, is something completely different that they didn't do last year. Um, their their power play tonight, you didn't get a real good look at it because they never really got set up. And I think that's a problem. I, I, I think that you're going to see it come off, the power play is going to be worked off the opposite side as than it usually does because that will give whoever's on the their own natural left side, whether it be Nugent Hopkins, Dreisler, or McDavid, it will give them four one-timers. So I think that'll be completely different once they start doing that. They need to do a much better job of getting the puck in and supporting. Uh, the one goal that they scored was simply McDavid being McDavid and no one being able to stop him. But they, they need support. There wasn't enough support tonight. When there was a turnover, they didn't do a very good job getting the puck back. So uh, I, one game's too early to decide if it's going to yeah. be much different. As for the penalty kill, um, again, shooting lanes. That's the problem. I thought a lot of the time when the Oilers gave up power play goals against last year, pucks were getting through. And when you are a really good penalty-killing team, A, you're either blocking or or B, the shooters are deciding not to shoot because they can't see the net. And on the one goal that was scored today, uh, with Palmieri, he he had his shooting lane. He, He was able to walk in. Russell goes to block the shot but doesn't get right in the shooting lane, which is allows, he screened Talbot, but doesn't block the shots. So now it was two mistakes there. So uh, they'll do, they'll will be better, I believe, as the season goes on. I believe that Yanni knows what he's doing. I believe that Viveros knows what he's doing. 
but it's got it's going to take time. And unfortunately for the Oilers, the way the season starts with the teams they're playing against, I don't know if they've got enough time to get them where they want to be. I'll tell you what, Gord, I I would like to see. Now, maybe McDavid's going to play the entire two minutes more often than not, like he did on that one power play. But I'd like to see McDavid or Dreisaitl or Nugent Hopkins on the other unit because I don't know who's supposed to be the setup man on the other unit. And I'll tell you what, Gord, I I would give Ty Ratty a chance on the first power play because he has clearly come in with the mentality that he's going to get the puck to the net. And why did Mark Letestu have a good year two years ago because he went out there and said okay Jordan Eberle and all you other guys you're not going to one time the puck to hell with you all one time the puck and I think Raddy would have that mentality he's a a hawk for the puck and and one more addition to that is the way the Oilers power plays are set up right now when the power play is over your lines are messed up we had a caller earlier talk about why the line is so different in the first period well there's no complete line on a power play so all of a sudden you come out of your power play your top two lines are shot because they're both on it, and if Reader's there or whoever from the third line, Strom's on your third line, you almost only can come back with your fourth line. And when your fourth line is having an off game like they did today, any momentum that you gained on your power play is immediately lost because you don't have the lines that you want to put out there. If you move Raddy into your first unit, say it's Raddy, now you got his uh, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Raddy of a full line, you have a right-handed shot, and then when you come out after the power play, you can go right back at them because they're going to have that shift rest, and they're going to be a line again to come right out after the power play. That's another advantage of putting Raddy there. One last question. How yeah, quick word. What were the face-offs that today? Uh, the Oilers had an edge 51% really? to 49, but they were behind most of the game, and I made the point earlier to Rob, they lost the majority of special teams face-offs. And yeah, that hurt them. it, it yeah. looked like when they mattered, they missed them. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks, guys. That's serious. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Scored 780-496-0063. We'll get to some text. 630-630. Bad start for the Oilers. They lose 5-2 to the Devils. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Regain, backhanded ahead for Ty Ratty. Drop pass, McDavid, back to Ratty. Backhander denied, McDavid. Rebound, batted out of midair, and the Devils come up with a puck. Good chance there by Ty Raddy, who had a pretty resilient game for the Oilers this afternoon, but not enough. Devils win at 5-2. That was your save of the game for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Jiffy, Jiffy Lube Service.ca. Jiffy Lube Service.ca. You said that very well. 
Well, the second time. <laughs> that's that's all I was listening to. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving weekend planned. Sports-wise, doesn't start good for Edmontonians. 5-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils. We have the Eskimos in Regina to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Monday noon for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 2 Eskimos with just 2 wins in their last uh, 7 games. The final shots today by the way 27-19 in favor of New Jersey. Oilers 1 for 4 on the power play, New Jersey 1 for 2. The Oilers had 3 power plays in the first period. Still got outshot by the way. 9-7. The, the game could have gone differently had the Oilers, you know, capitalized in the first period, built a lead. Instead, they didn't, and eventually they were playing catch-up most of the night. Scott texting 630-630. He says, today's game felt like a shining example of Yamamoto's weakness being his lack of size. He got physically manhandled the entire game, and his speed didn't overcast his size disadvantage. Um, I, I don't know if I, I agree with that. I thought Yamamoto was fine. I thought I noticed more good things out of him than I did uh, um, probably about eight or nine other forwards for, for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. His size is always going to be an issue, but uh, he did more positives and had more scoring chances than uh, just about everyone on the Oilers forwards outside of Lucic, McDavid, and, and Dreisaitl. Well, he had that one really good scoring opportunity yep. in the in in the third period, and that's been his strength is is finding a way to move around and make yep. himself available for teammates. I mean, you have to. I mean, you always talk about going to the net, but if you're blanketed, <laughs> you're not you're not available. He backed up, got himself open for a one timer. But again, that was that point in the game where the Oilers finally started getting scoring chances, but they were down two, three goals at the time. It was a little too late. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, he was as effective or near as effective as he was in preseason, but uh, I, I'm not writing him off yet. I, I, just just like Raddy, just like Pugliarvi, I want to see a, a nice stretch of games, and then you can rate them or, or, or see what you feel about them after 10, 15 games. It's not as though they have a whole lot waiting in the wings to come in and take their spots that are, are going to do a better job. So these are these guys' jobs to lose, and uh, I thought Yamamoto was okay today. 5-2, the Devils take it as uh, they really blitz the Oilers in the second period, outshooting them 10-4. Zajac got a goal early in the third period, five and a half minutes in to make it 4-1. Dreisaitl cut it to 4-2 with 8.28 to go. Ripped a one-timer, getting a cross-ice pass from Lucic, and then Nason got an empty netter with a minute 29 left to round out the scoring. Quick look here at the scoreboard. For Edmonton Trailer, drive away with your new or used trailer. You can head to edmontontrailer.com. Edmonton Oil Kings played last night in Cranbrook, lost 5-4 to the Kootenai Ice in a shootout. They tied it with five seconds left in the third period. Couldn't win the shootout, though. Oil Kings go on to play Spokane tonight. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield, beating Stockton 8-1. Power play there going 4-7. for seven. Brad Malone had four points. The Condors play the San Jose Barracuda Tonight, NHL action coming up. Uh, all these games coming up later. Winnipeg is in Dallas. The Rangers play Buffalo. Philly is at Colorado. Vegas lost their first game. Play at Minnesota. Anaheim versus Arizona. Nashville taking on the New York Islanders. Montreal's at Pittsburgh. Chicago meets St. Louis. Florida at Tampa Bay. Ottawa plays Toronto. And Vancouver and Calgary for the second time in the last few days. Vancouver won the season opener 5-2 back on Wednesday. Yeah, busy night in the National Hockey League. 
All right. Do we have uh, some posts ready to go here? All right. Let's go back to uh, Sweden. The Oilers are coached by Todd McClellan. Here he is. And, and specifically for Oscar and uh, Adam? Well, it would have been a lot better experience had we uh, performed at a higher level. So, But, but naturally, when you can come home to your... Uh, your own country in front of your family, your friends, and um, compete in a in a real live NHL game. That's pretty exciting. I said this before we uh, we came over. Often the uh, European family members have to come to our world in North America to see their sons, cousins, brothers, whoever it is, play. And uh, we got to come over to their world. Um, and uh, experience a real game. Obviously, as I said, winning would be a lot better than the, the result for us tonight, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some good memories on their behalf. Questions? Again, Matt? From the game standpoint, you guys get the power play goal on the first to tie it back up, but then after that, the power play seemed to dry up a little bit. What, what went wrong in your opinion there? Well, I don't think the power play was as big an issue as, as maybe the question is. I thought they uh, they really put a lot of pressure on us below the goal line and on the half wall um, on any type of breakouts. We could never get any type of rhythm going coming out of our zone. We never uh, were in sync on the forecheck. A lot of dumps to the goaltender that resulted in, in easy breakouts for them. So uh, give them credit. They pressured us in areas that, that gave us a lot of headaches and we weren't able to do the same for them. Power play, what we batted 250 today or whatever it is one out of four uh, didn't create many opportunities but got us a goal and uh, if we can get a goal a night in the power play we'll end up with 82 and we'll take that Jim? Todd did they just get too many easy goals on one on one plays and you're into the ice as well guys beat one one well, your defense your one defense pairing obviously yeah, they, had a, a they had a tough night it was uh, pretty evident but they uh, you know I thought they came in waves and in, in groups of five, Matty. I was just saying that below the goal line, they pressured hard. Uh, they pressured the half wall. We could never come out of our zone um, as, a, as a unit or clean so that we could generate speed through the neutral zone and uh, made it for a tough night offensively and, and a tough night defensively. Milan was one of your better players. I thought he looked more like the old Milan Lucic. Yes, that's, you know, there's some positives we're going to have to find in the game today, and that would be one of them. He was physical. He was uh, he was making plays, scored, set up a nice, uh, a nice goal. So... Uh, you know, if we evaluate individuals, he would uh, he would get a pretty good check mark from the group. Sergey, coach, uh, the objective was two points, obviously. But do you think that you'll look back on this entire experience fondly? And um, it, it's a rare opportunity, and you and your team were, were able to be part of it. Yeah, we just um, we just address that. I don't know if, if you guys are getting in late or not, but we uh, we just talked about it. It is a great opportunity for our Swedish players to come home here. And as I mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago, that they uh, they had an opportunity to play in front of their family and friends. Uh, they don't normally get that on a regular basis in North America. For us to come here, it's great. Take just a couple more. Jim? How did you think Bouchard played in his first NHL game? I thought he got better as the night went on, a little apprehensive to begin with. Uh, but then he started to make some plays later on. And um, I've said this about young players before, they almost have to give themselves permission to, uh, to play and to play uh, without fear. Um, the game was much quicker. Uh, I think we saw that as a group than what we've been playing against in exhibition season. There was less time, less space. And... Um, 
You know, we dressed six. I didn't think Bush was at the bottom of that pile. And you meant you preached going into the season puck management and defensively. So you just write this one off and say, oh, it's considering no, how well you played in the preseason, where you had the puck the whole time in the preseason. No, we don't write anything off, and the preseason is completely different than, than the real season. We all know that, and I can't sit up here and pretend to hide that. We have to be better than we were tonight. Uh, our our puck movement, our puck support, our, our ability to play fast and clean was not very good. All right, well, there's your adjustments of the game, courtesy of Todd McClellan for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Yeah, pretty much everything they have to do better than what they did this afternoon, losing 5-2 to the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, you know, I know Bob and Jack were praising, appraising Lucic. He did get two points, finished an opportunity, made a nice pass to Drysaddle for the goal, made a couple other good crisp passes to Yamamoto, uh, you know, there's still the one blind pass up the middle of the ice that was a, a little hairy, and he wasn't on the wall quite quick enough uh, to help Nurse rim that puck around on the first goal. Maybe I'm being a little, a little picky here, but you know, but that's that's Luch, right? He tends to be. It's either a, a loud play in your team's favor or a loud play where you're like, uh oh. Well, when we talked early in preseason, we talked a lot about Milan Lucic and how he needed a bounce back. I wasn't so much worried about the offensive side of it. I th- I didn't think there was any way he could be snake bitten as poorly as badly as he was last year. There he had a, a ton of good scoring chances last year that he 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 flubbed or he was robbed or he hit the post and I knew that he was going to get those opportunities and things were going to go right. The part that I thought that Milan needed to to improve on was his play along the boards in his own end and and that's something that I wouldn't think Come when he was coming here, I didn't think it was going to be a problem. Big, strong man, he's going to have all the time in the world. But we saw that tonight, getting late to the boards, and then the blind pass, and that was the big thing that I saw last year out of him. He'd get the puck on the boards around, either get passed straight up, or he'd pick the rim up along the boards, and he would just blindly throw it to the middle, hoping that someone was there. And today he did it again, right on the stick of a New Jersey Devil player, turned into a good scoring chance. Milan Lucic doesn't need to do that, because when Milan Lucic has the puck on his stick, He's got an extra second or two seconds to make a play because, A, the intimidation factor. B, he's big and strong. He can absorb any check. If he gets the puck, takes two steps going forward, he's going to have a better opportunity to make plays and make the right play. And the plays that he went cross ice with today were plays that he got his feet moving and then made the pass. That's what you need to see more out of with Milan. Oilers lose 5-2 to the New Jersey Devils. Cam Talbot takes the loss in net. Back to Sweden. Here's Talbot. Squeeze through me, third one. Um, like I said, just maybe had my head up or something like that there. I thought Russell was coming back for it, and there's just, um, you know, just a little bit of miscommunication there. So um, just things that obviously I can clean up myself and give us a better chance. Well, the first one, you had a mini chance on where he came off the boards on your own first period. Yeah, and it's obviously a good shot. He's got a heck of a release, but, uh, you know, those are the kind of saves that you need, you know, a minute into the season. So um, if I get a piece of that and you don't go up on nothing. I mean, we did a heck of a job responding, Connor and Luch, and those guys went down and got it right back for us, and you know, we finished the first period out, but to start the second, like you said, they just kind of seem like they're all over us, but um, if I make that save on the, on the penalty kill, maybe it's a different game. Despite the tough loss, is this still a unique and 
gratifying experience for you guys out here? I mean, obviously it was a great experience. We would have loved to come away with the two points, but, um, you know, we, uh, we just kind of let that slip away. But uh, as far as Cologne and, and Gothenburg goes, you know, I want to thank both cities for, for the hospitality and um, for having us. Did you see any special moments out there for Adam or Oscar, like even, you know, the anthems or the puck drop or anything? Did it feel special to those guys? I think when they were announced in the starting lineups, you could tell that um, they got the, the biggest ovations out there, other than maybe Connor. But, um, you know, I think that was a pretty special moment for them. I'm sure they had goosebumps. I did a little bit out there. So, um, and I'm sure with Larskin able getting to take that uh, the opening draw there, I think that was pretty special for him. How would you rate your performance tonight? Uh, you know, obviously not my best performance. Like I said, there was uh, those two in the second period that kind of wanted back. And, you know, if we don't give up those two, then, um, you know, it's a different hockey game. So not really thrilled with my performance tonight. Is it going to be hard coming out of this loss? Uh, you know, we've got a bunch of practice days and stuff coming up. Um, you know, we'll be able to rebound, clean a few things up, and be ready to go on Thursday. All right, that's Cam Talbot, goaltender for the Oilers today. 5-2, the Oilers lose to the Devils. Keith Kincaid gets the win in the New Jersey net. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, 780-496-0063. We have Cam on the line. Hi, Cam. Hey, fellas. How are you? Good. Good summer for everybody? Yes, it was the best summer of my life. How was yours? Yeah, it was unbelievable. How are you doing, Brownie? I'm doing very good. And you? Good. How was things on Moye? Uh, it was good. A lot of nice weather. Good surfing. It was hot in BC, man. Unbelievable this summer. So, Okay, so um, I was just going to hope to have a bit of a conversation. I, I stopped talking about goaltending last year about a quarter of the way in, and I, I, I got it. Actually, it was when Brownie said, like, he's our goalie. He's going to play the majority of the games. So I just, you know, I, I accepted that and respected that. But I'm just, and I'm not, these aren't trap questions, but I'm asking the question here. Why do you think, um, why would Talbot have had to have gone to Alabama Huntsville and why would he have been undrafted? Like, you guys, my, Brownie, you're of the mind if you can play. Nowadays, if you can play, they find you, right? Yep. So we got a guy that was unable to go to a major power school in college, went undrafted, was unable to break through into the sphere of being a starter. So I'm a big believer that there's a couple things with ceiling, right? I'm really big on ceiling. So we see with with Talbot, he was behind Lundquist. You know, he was playing a lot of teams that were not great. Nobody really had a book on him. He comes into Edmonton the first year. He's a new guy. You know, nobody has a starter book on him. He gets through. He stays ahead of the posse. But then last year, like right from the very start, when things like advanced scouting and that kind of thing kick in, we start seeing him getting exposed. Now, there's a couple of things. I don't want to go on too long and bloviate here, but the first thing I wanted to say was I was really disturbed with the comments he made heading into the season when he attributed last season to it being a team issue. I know there was a team issue, but he didn't talk only about himself. He talked about it being a team issue. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't. The only thing he said was, I started playing real good. I was on a roll at the end. And then even tonight with his comment, it wasn't like that lot, that third that goal that he gave up on the net, like that's egregious. I don't care what the breakdown was from the defenseman, that's an egregious play at this level. And he mentioned Russell and I don't know why he would do that. So my question would be what are we doing with this guy in net? Like there's three goals today. The first one's a walk. That angle, I mean there was no way that, that puck was going across 
Okay, Cam, Rob's going to jump in here. Okay, so to your first part about where he went to school, Rick DiPietro, how was his career? First, first pick overall in the NHL, Boston University, he was a bust. Brian, uh, what's tonight? Where's Brian Finley, six pick overall, went Barry Colts, been a bust. Brent Kahn, he was drafted 2000 by the Calgary Hitmen, eighth overall, bust. Um, this is just Jack Campbell, bust. These are all guys that went to good schools or great organizations in junior, were high draft picks that were bust. So you can't go by where a guy played college. You can't go whether he was drafted or undrafted. I think Marty St. Louis, did he ever get drafted? But my question was, why do you think he did? Yeah, but why? Why did? Why did? Mar- why did Marty St. Louis not go but anywhere? Ken, you're bringing up stuff that happened ten years ago. No, I mean, eventually the New York Rangers signed him and made him the backup goalie. Reed, I'm just talking about ceiling, right? Like, there's three things. Yeah, but the, the other, the four guys I just mentioned, four goalies, all had incredible ceilings that were all busts that are all out of the National Hockey League. But I'm trying to link together the ceiling of this. I'm, I'm trying to link ceiling with this guy. Okay, yeah, so but Cam, you, Cam, you, look, okay, so you don't think Talbot should be the starter for the Oilers? Let's just that's your that's your position. There's been three. I'm just going to say three major milestones in his career: college, the draft, the draft, college, and his first opportunity to be a starter. Okay. In okay. Okay. Right. It's fine. It's fine. He We're not arguing with that. Okay. I just want you to state your position. You don't think he should be the starter for the Oilers? Okay. Why does he pass the muster with our organization when he didn't pass the muster in those ceiling milestones? Okay. But those, but you, those milestones mean nothing, though. Where you get drafted means nothing. Where you go to school means nothing. It means it, absolutely nothing about where a guy's going to eventually end up. But it's it's it's. it's a trend. It's, but it's not, no. It, it, it means it a, nothing, though. Like, Rick DiPietro went first overall. He from Boston University. It was an absolute bust in the NHL, so how can you go what someone did before? Because if you're going to throw where, where Talbot played college and not being drafted and those being milestones, well, these other guys are jumping over the hurdles and they don't turn out. So, as far as him not being, whether he's a starter or not, he is the best that the Edmonton Oilers have. Then, then we have a, Rob, then we have a major 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 problem then what would you what would you like the others to do we had we had a full year last okay but what would you like okay right now you can be the gym what are you going to do well, i haven't complained i'm gonna ask you real quickly i haven't complained about shirelli i haven't complained about McCoy. no but i know no you gotta stop i'm asking you you you're on the spot right now you don't think that talbot can be the starter for the edmonton Oilers. you've said that right away where what do the Oilers do i'm gonna back it up to november december of last year when this was happening Every second, every third game. Okay, what do what no what were the what have they done? You can him, I gas him and I communicate to the public and I say, you know what? I find a way to get someone in here. Okay, no, but you can't it's saying you can get I can go and say, you know what? We we want Jonathan Quick. You can't get him. So what can you do to get something that's better than Cam Talbot? What would you do? Huh? I'd rather bring a young guy in. What young guy? I'd rather find a young guy. Yeah, but the thing is, you can't just find Golden. There's not a, a number one starter of the National Hockey League that's just floating around doing nothing right now. It doesn't have to be a number. Uh, you're missing what I'm saying. Why is why does it have to be a number one guy? If be, this guy's well, well, then, then you, they, you're saying that they then why not just keep Cam Talbot? Talbot of three years ago. I'll answer it. Swing at the plate. Give someone else an opportunity. It can't be any worse than this. Well, like who? Miko well, it could be way worse. worse than this. The, ba- the current backup. Bressois, they gave chance last, last year, a young kid. He couldn't do it. 
that's the worst goaltending tonight. I mean, that's that's the worst goaltending. Yeah, but you know what? You can't. It's easy to find problems. It's harder to find solutions. Until you can find a solution, then you can't complain about the problem. They're paying, they're paying Chia, and I'm not ripping Chia, but they're paying them. But you the can't just go out and get, say, you know what, I, we need a, a goaltender that's going to be our starter that's going to win us games every single night. You can't just, okay, let's go get him. It doesn't work that way. But maybe you have to move Dreisaitl or somebody like that for a goaltender. Maybe you have to. Well, the Oilers aren't deep enough. Okay, first of all, you got to find someone that wants Dreisaitl, $8 million, and, we'll and they're going to give up their number one goalie for And trade their number one goalie. Who's going to give up their number one goalie? Who? Well, who's going to give up their number? No, let's go back to this. Who's giving up their number one goalie? I'm not saying it has to be a number one guy. Yeah, but you're not getting any better if you get someone else's backup. We got a backup, and you say that's not good enough. But you're not getting better with a 23 or 25-year-old, not a 31-year-old. Why are we putting reps into a 31-year-old? It doesn't make sense. Well, we had, we tried Brassois. It didn't work. He can't play at this level. Well, he actually is playing. He's playing in Winnipeg. No, this guy can't play. Yeah, but you yeah, but you keep saying that, but you haven't found out where we're going to get someone else. I've had two years to get a ch- to make a change, though. Yeah, but it's not again. It's not easy to find a starter in the National yeah. Hockey League. The, people aren't giving away their best goalies. I didn't. I'm not so, so what? What do what do teams do? They go and find a backup on another team that's had a really good backup record. San Jose did it. They went and got Jones. The Edmonton Oilers did. They went and got Talbot. When they went and got Talbot, they, they all of a sudden had a career year, and Talbot was more important to the team that year than Connor McDavid, and they made the playoffs. Because his ceiling, he stayed ahead of the posse, because my theory is they didn't have a book. You, there's a book on every goalie in the National Hockey League. And it's like every goalie. It here's, there's, here's, the book, here's the book right now on Talbot. Shoot on him. Cam, you have done a... I'm going to say this to you, buddy, and I know uh, you, you call in all the time. You have done an absolutely horrid job of making your point. We have given you an extended an extended amount of time. You have talked in circles and, and arrived nowhere. Okay? I hope you appreciate the time you have received. Have a great Thanksgiving. Very much so. All right. 780-496-0063. We have Matthew on the line. Hey, Matthew. Hi, guys. What's going on? Doing well. Um, I was just going to say that uh, this first month that they have is really tough, and they're going to have to win now against Boston if they want to get some confidence to start off. So I think that if they don't make the playoffs, you might look back on this first month and it might be what got them out of it. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're absolutely fair. right. Yeah, absolutely. This is a really, really tough schedule that the Oilers have to start the season. And uh, to me, if they come out of it 500, uh, then they're laughing. Anything below that, then they're chasing. And we saw what happened last year. When you're chasing, this is a tough conference to make up ground in. All right, uh, 780-496-0063. got to take a quick timeout. We'll also have the news at 3 o'clock. Uh, we'll stay with you a little bit after 3. Oilers lose. 5-2 to the Devils, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chat. Alright, Oilers lose 5-2 to the Devils. Uh, quickly to Tessa on the line before we're going to quickly bring you the news, but we will keep going after three. Tessa, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say as a, as a true, true blue Oilers fan here that I just get really frustrated when I hear other fans throwing Cam under the bus because of one loss. I mean, this is the first game of the season. Like, it, I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know all the, you know, the stats and all that stuff. But I just feel like, you know what, this is, 
this is our team. And, and I, I wish you could, as Oilers fans, take a page from the book of the Germany fans. And it was amazing to watch that game the other day and listening to those Germany the fans there just cheering on their team no matter what. Win, lose, they were just behind their team 100%. And I just feel like Edmonton Oilers fans need to pick it up and do the same. All right. Thank you, Tessa. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Gates and Mike are up next on the phone lines. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Devils. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. All right. Well, Cam's phone call has uh, fired up the text line. Uh, this texter says, uh, Cam sucks. Stop taking his calls. Kyle says, a great caller. Absolutely no validation to his points on Talbot. And uh, Matt says, uh, why do you guys like Talbot? Because he's nice and had twins in the city. <laughs> <laughs> to say you have to stick with a bad goalie because there are no others is ridiculous. What? No goalies ever switch teams? Well, yeah, but you got, you someone's got to want to trade their really good goaltender Talbot to you. didn't have a great season last year. No, he did not, and today and was today just Today he gave away, gave away a goal. Yep, today was just man. Didn't play well. He's the best at the others. Uh, I mean, somebody texted in the Leafs, put a couple guys on waivers. Sure. Yeah, they, they're third and fourth goalies. Yeah, I mean... It's uh, it's not impossible to find good players, but I, I don't think it's as easy as some of you might might suggest as well. Now you also have to remember remember this when when Peter Shirelli took over as general manager, and hey, Peter's moves can be picked apart and criticized for sure. But when he took over as general manager, the Oilers' goaltenders were Victor Faust and Ben Scrivens. So and his priority, I mean, if he could have found a top five goalie in the NHL, he he would have got one. But his priority was to upgrade the goaltending. At the very least, upgrade it from that. And this is a big upgrade. I don't even. Where Scrivens is playing in Europe, I believe. He went to the KHL. I don't even know where Fast. I don't know where Fast is either. Right. So it is an upgrade. Uh, does and, and I said at the beginning Talbot of the season, Talbot needs to play better. Absolutely, yes. that's not what we're. That's nope. not what we're. Their, their we're season is on his shoulders. But to all of a sudden, you know, discard him. A, that's illegal, given how players have contracts. <laughs> <laughs> He needs to be better. If the if the Oilers have any chance of making the playoffs, yeah. Cam Talbot needs to be better. And actually, Talbot is a very nice guy, though that has nothing to do with his ability as a goaltender. <laughs> Mike, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, Mike. Hey, Reed. Oh. Uh, that guy that uh, called in about uh, Cam there, I kind of laughed at that. The only goal I'd fault Cam on was the third one. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I thought we were pretty loose, and I think the guys were kind of nervous and jittery in this game because the coverage was pretty loose. Yeah, I agree with you totally. I think I think that the Oilers in their own zone were not good today, not good enough, and I think they were surprised at the speed that the New Jersey Devils brought at them. New Jersey was the better team by far in this hockey game. Yeah, I think it's good that we have a few days between the, the next one. they got to get readjusted to North America and this sort of a novelty uh, game experience I think was good for the guys but uh, probably probably not the best for their for their opener kind of a weird experience but uh, they, you know they got through it they you know Lucic got on the board which is which is good so uh, I'm looking forward to what they can do in Boston um, just kind of get readjusted back to North American time zone and yeah for sure it wasn't easy, easy off the bat here but uh 
you know, they got some time to kind of refocus and regroup and hopefully uh, yeah, right on, Mike. a better effort. You have a good Thanksgiving, okay, buddy? Thanks, Reed. That is Mike, 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Devils. Uh, our face-off trivia winner was Mark. So he gets a $50 Buffet Royale gift card from Armor Insurance. Protect your home and business, armorinsurance.ca. And he goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card from Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. Who scored the first goal of the season last year for the Oilers? It was Connor McDavid. I asked that question first game every year. So the answer a year from now will be Milan Lucic. Yeah, I'll, I'll forget by then. <laughs> Gates is on the line. Hello, Gates. Hey, how are you? Doing well. That's good. That's good. Yeah, going back to that caller ripping on uh, Talbot pretty hard there. Um, yeah, I think the Oilers, if they get uh, play better two-way hockey, it'll reflect Talbot's stats a lot better. Obviously, Talbot has to play a little better. But the whole team has to play better defensively for Talbot to succeed, But right? Uh, you're you're well, absolutely yeah. right. It'd be nice to forecheck. I mean, sometimes the best defense is a good offense. So they didn't forecheck for any extended periods today either. That didn't help. No, absolutely. I, I didn't get to watch the game. I was just listening to it. But, uh, yeah, it didn't sound like it was a very solid effort today. No, you're right. It was a, it was a, there's a lot of video that the coaching staff is going to be able to use over the next couple of days to correct things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And going to goaltending to help, the only goaltender I could see available is what, Kerry Lettinen? And even that's not even an upgrade. It's, well, it'd just be a veteran help. There's already but, textures saying they got to get Bobrovsky and sign him before <laughs> he's a UFA. That might be tough, nope, though. Nope. I don't think they realize how hard it is to get a bona fide backup goalie, never mind a number one. Yeah, you're right. I mean, let's face point. it. Let's face it. You want to go way back? They never should have traded Dubnik. But, I mean, that's six years yeah. ago now. So, I don't know. It's a lot of what ifs. But yeah, thanks, Gates. No problem. All right, that's Gates seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Is this name correct? Bitumen. We have yep. Bitumen on the line. Go ahead. Yep. I'm a longtime uh, listener, and I've blogged in depth um, at Copper and Blue on on the uh, Oilers goaltenders. Okay. Um, so basically, if you look objectively at Cam Talbot's performance last year, there's a stat called goal saves above average. And he was one goal in five versus five play below average last year. For one the season goal. or per game? This is the whole season, entire season. Oh, really? Okay. So considering the number of games he played, the very less than average defensive play of the Edmonton Oilers and all of that, you know, Talbot did a pretty good job even last season. Emmanuel Perry has a, a kind of uh, grab-all stat number that you throw out that if you look up the Oilers' lines, you'll see it sometimes beside the Oilers' players. And I, I, this is just going by memory because I couldn't find it in the time that I called in, but Talbot was still in the top 20 goaltenders last year. Really? And considering the number of games that he played, that's pretty good. Now, this, his really, really good season, he was something like 23 goals above average. Oh wow! He, played abs- he was absolutely fantastic. So he took away twenty-three goals. That's right. And last so year, you're saying he to, relative to an average goaltender Rel- okay. facing the same, uh, you know, the same uh, shots against and and high 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 danger scoring chances and that kind of thing. Right? Oh, that's interesting stuff. Well, that those are those are and, and I that, and these are on high quality scoring chances. You're saying. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's shot it's shot based. 
So I, 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 I'd have to look into all of the details of it. But it's a, it's a decent stat. Um, I think Wood Guy was, was, is really high on that stat as well. Yeah, he's but he's good, right? He's good. The problem writing. with this team is the defense. Like, it doesn't take like objective analysis to to see that. What I was most concerned about today is 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 Darnell Nurse. Like, he's not looking ready. Like, probably because of all of the contract stuff and not getting into camp in a in a fast manner. And um, and him and Benning didn't look good at all. And then when him Benning and and uh, Lucic were on the ice together. That like the gaps were just enormous. Like the Devils were just flying around those three. Like it was nothing. Yeah, indeed. Well, you're. I thought the D as a whole didn't have a, a very good game. Benjamin, that's some good info, man. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you. All right, let's quickly go uh, back to Gothenburg, Sweden. We will get Rob in before we wrap up, but uh, here's Captain Connor McDavid. Uh, you know, I thought we, uh, you know, we didn't start well. Obviously, that's, a, that's an issue we've been talking about for a long time. Um, you know, um, and then, uh, you know, we did a great job bouncing back. I thought we won the first period after that. Um, you know, and then the second period, we were just, we just couldn't get anything going. You know, credit to them. Their D broke every puck out, and, uh, you know, they had to send there. So. First, first goal, you guys got a power play goal, but after that, power play seemed to dry up. But... Yeah, they're a good penalty kill. They get off ice pressure. They're, they're, uh, they're tough. Um, you know, they got some speedy guys that uh, disrupt some stuff. What more do you guys think you could have done That's a pretty broad question, but, um, you know, obviously just weren't good enough. Um, no, they were good. Yeah, the, I think they had 13 to 3 and shots from the slot at the big period there. I feel like it was a big difference from second to first to second. I think so. I thought we did a good job getting out of the out of the gate. Obviously, giving up the first goal is not ideal, but you know, I thought we did a good job responding. Um, you know, and then, uh, for whatever reason, just the wheels fell apart in the second, and I thought we dominated the third, obviously, giving up that fourth isn't good, but um, I thought we did, did some good things in the third. All right, Connor McDavid had two assists. Lucic and Dreisaitl scored. Each had a goal and an assist, but the Oilers outplayed, losing 5-2 to the Devils. We have Rob on the line. Good day, Rob. Hello, how are you? Oh, doing great. That's good. Um, can, I, can I ask, why, why would they trade um, Why would they trade Brandon Davidson over Matt Benning? I think he's a much better defender than, they, than Matt Benning. Well, they traded Davidson a couple times, so we're not going to go back over those. I, I will say this, Rob. I, I mean, I, I would have loved to see Davidson in camp at least on a PTO. Um, you know, I wonder if he's better than Jason Garrison, who made the team on a PTO and was a healthy scratch today. Okay, I think we lost Rob, but... Yeah, no, but, uh, Brandon Davidson, I, I've, I've always liked him as a player. I, I thought he filled his role... Well, he's a six-seven defenseman that um, every time he stepped in, you felt, oh, you know what, this guy could play at this level, and obviously he is because I believe is it Chicago, isn't he? Or yeah, he Chicago just... signed him. He made yeah. Chicago off the of PTO. So good on him. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Brad. Hello, Brad. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Um, so I just listened to the game here while I was on the road. Um, but going back to the guy who's written on Cam, big thing I think people need to sit and realize is. When you're, when you're a goaltender and you don't have a very good defense in front of you, yeah, there might be you know yourself and your two defensemen and three other guys. So yeah, now it's a three-on-three. Three. But if you have terrible defense, well, now it's a three-on-one, three-on-zero oh sometimes, and your goaltenders are left hung out to dry. And I don't think it's very fair that people go ahead and say, oh, yeah, we need to trade Cam, we need to trade Cam. Well, that's not really, that's not really the issue. The bigger issue is we need to come back as all five play defense, break out, 
and get the puck, pass the puck, and shoot the puck. And I think that's just one of the biggest things people need to realize and see is it's not just it's not all a goaltending thing. It's all it's a full defensive core. Well, I mean, I think I mean. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Cam's going to be criticized because he did give away the goal tonight on handling it behind the net. But, yes, they did not defend well tonight, well enough. Well, and, and, and right. you look at it, too. There was Cam made a number of big saves, and it just shows you the number of good scoring chances that the Oilers leaked today. I mean, Taylor Hall probably had three or four himself right in the slot. So when you give up time and time again great scoring chances, eventually something's going to squeak through. And if you let in a soft one, it's going to be magnified because there's, it's going to go along with the two or three other good scoring chances that got by you. So that, I think that's something we've seen in the past with the Oilers, that defensively they're not as strong as they need to be. And if you want to play in the National Hockey League and be a playoff team, you've got to be good defensively. And the Oilers tonight were not even close to that. Right, and I, I, com- I completely agree with that. And I, I think that every single time that there's a defensive breakdown, then there's a shot on net, which then in turn, if you take a look at those kind of stats, how many shots do we have against us, which then are caused by defensive breakdowns. And I think that's a huge aspect that the Oilers need to go ahead and take a look at and reevaluate and start getting on that boat instead of, oh, we have Connor, we have, you know, we got Dreisaitl, which I didn't really think did a whole lot tonight, except, well, try to get a breakaway for himself. And... I, I, I think, yeah, like I said, the defensive portion is just a massive aspect. We need to sit down and reevaluate. Good stuff, Brad. Thanks a lot. All right, it's 319. Rob, let our Thanksgivings begin. Yes, it's going to be a fun weekend. And the best part for the Edmonton Oilers is they have, what, five days, six days before they have to do it well, again? Thursday, however many days that is. So Thursday minus whatever to get to there. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be better. Here's what's coming up. Monday at noon, countdown to kickoff with Dave and Morley. Edmonton at Saskatchewan in the CFL. Play-by-play will start at 2 here on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 face-off show on Thursday. Oilers at Bruins game at 5. I will have a live edition of Inside Sports for you from 6 to 8 on Monday. Thanks to our studio producer, Patrick Bauer. Thanks to everybody who called and texted tonight. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Happy Thanksgiving. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.